and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is a sermon for the third Sunday in Lent, March 23, 2019. It is entitled, Therefore Go, a Caring Disciple, and it is based on Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hamm. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, the normal theme for Lent is the suffering and ultimately the death of Jesus as he takes on the sins of the world in order to save us. This weekend, however, we are considering our theme for the month, Therefore Go. Well, Therefore Go is our theme for the year, but as we try to think about what would be a good theme for this month, you'd think that a relevant theme would be Therefore Go as disciples, make disciples, and know that as you do that, you will suffer, just as Jesus suffered. You will be rejected just as Jesus was rejected. But during our Lenten midweek series uh, and during our Sunday morning Bible study, we are talking and thinking a lot about the book of Job, and, and that really kind of zeroes in on that life of suffering, and so didn't want to get too redundant or too much overkill on that theme. So tried to think about what would be a related theme. What what else would work for this month? And came up with this idea, therefore go as a caring disciple. Now you might think that caring and suffering really don't have a lot in common, except maybe if you are suffering, you need somebody to care for you. Well, if you think about caring and suffering, not so much in those words, but in related words, for instance, Caring as compassion. And Jesus, we talk about his suffering as his passion. Now you start to see that these words, these ideas are a lot closer. Now I don't want to get into a Latin language lesson of how passion and compassion are related words, but you can tell even beyond the language that there is a connection between these two ideas. Jesus, because he has compassion on us sinful people, he suffered. He left his heavenly father's home. He became a human being. And he did all of this knowing what this life would lead to. That this life would be a life of suffering, rejection, ultimately his death. But on the third day, he would rise again. He would win for us our salvation. See, Jesus' compassion leads to his suffering. Those ideas are related. And we, as Jesus' disciples, as people who want to imitate our Lord and Savior, people who are made in God's image, we would quite naturally, I think, want to imitate qualities that Jesus has. And if one of those great qualities is his compassion, his caring, then we should be disciples who show that same kind of compassion and caring to others. Well, our Old Testament reading today points it out quite clearly 
that compassion is one of those qualities our God has always had unto all eternity. What I read today from Exodus, it comes just after the golden calf episode. If you can remember what happened in that, uh, Moses was up on Mount Sinai receiving from God the Ten Commandments and other instructions, and the people down below were growing impatient. And so they made this golden calf, this idol, and they started bowing down and worshiping and saying that this is the God that saved them from Egypt, that brought them out. You know what God's reaction was, right? He was kind of ticked off, to put it lightly. He told Moses, I'm going to destroy those people. And he was quite serious about it. But Moses stepped in. He interceded on behalf of the Israelites and said, No, God, you cannot destroy them. Remember that covenant that you made with Abraham. You promised Abraham that one day you would make him a great nation. You would bless the whole world through him. Israel... They are that great nation. You are going to bless the world through them. You need to remember your promise. And so God relented. But God said, fine, I will take them to the promised land, but then I'm checking out. I I am not going to be with them in the promised land. And once again, Moses interceded. He said, God, you cannot leave them at the promised land. They are nothing without you. And once again, God relented. And he told Moses that he would go with the Israelites. He would go with them into the promised land and he would give them rest. The Old Testament reading that I read today takes place just after this interchange. Moses has has maybe grown a little bit confident in his relationship with God after these two successful uh, interchanges. And so he, he wants to be even closer, and he asks to see God, to see him face to face. And God says, that's not possible. That's not possible for Moses to do that and still live. But nevertheless, God relents a little and says that he will pass by Moses. He will, he will cover and hide Moses, but he will pass by in front of him and Moses can see his backside. And as God does this, he says he will proclaim his name. He will proclaim who he is. And so that's exactly what happens. The Lord passes by Moses and he proclaims that he is the Lord. He is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. From this moment on, this is God's identity. If anybody of those Israelites ever wanted to know who God was, or if anybody else asked them, what is this God, this one God that you worship, they could say exactly what God told Moses as a kind of creed. This is our God. This is who we believe in. Our God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. God is compassionate, compassionate even to sinners, to those who do not deserve his compassion and grace. So it's no surprise when you skip ahead 
to the New Testament. Skip ahead to the Gospel. Skip ahead to the life of Jesus. And you see that Jesus, the Son of God, has those same qualities. This is who Jesus is. He is a man of great compassion. And in our Gospel reading today, Jesus is doing His ministry. He is going around from village to village and He goes into their synagogues and He teaches them. He proclaims to them the good news of the kingdom of heaven and He heals people. He heals those people who are suffering from sickness and illness and disease. But somehow for Jesus... That wasn't enough. I don't know exactly what it was that Jesus was feeling. If you could say that he was concerned or, or troubled. But, but there was something going on as he realized what would happen. Because today he taught in this village, tomorrow he would be going to the next village, and he knew exactly what would happen when he left this village. Satan would sweep in, and once more he would wreak havoc in these people's lives. And Jesus, knowing the situation, it says that he had compassion on them. He knew that they were harassed and helpless, and they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he wished that there was something more that he could do, that he could be with them all the time, even though he knew that wasn't possible. He had come to continue on his journey, to continue on his mission, to go to the cross, to suffer and die. And he must continue that. But he had compassion. And he wanted to do something, something for these people. And so he turned to his disciples and he told them, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Because the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. In a moment of great humility, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the one who knew that He was going to do something great for these people, that He was going to take care of their ultimate problem, their sin problem, by dying on the cross and rising again. Nevertheless, even though He knew He was going to do something about their biggest problem, He still had compassion because he knew they were still going to have to deal with those little problems. And he wasn't going to be there. Not all the time. And so the one thing he does, he he, he recognizes that humanly speaking, he has a limitation. He can't be everywhere at once. And so he prays. He prays to God and he teaches the disciples to pray to God. To pray that God would send forth more workers into his field to do the work of his kingdom. And that's where you fit in. Do you realize that? Do you realize that you are the answer to Jesus' prayer? Now, I know it was a long time ago that Jesus made this prayer, but you were on his mind. All people were on his mind. And he knew that the work was great. He knew that it couldn't be done by one person. 
And so he prayed. He prayed for you. He prayed that God would send you, would send you out into the world to continue that labor, to continue the work of harvest for God's kingdom. And that's who we are, right? That's what the church is all about. We as the body of Christ, this is why we are here. Now, the church indeed is that body of Christ that gathers to receive God's good gifts in word and sacrament. And we gather to receive those good gifts so that we would be filled up, so that we could go out into the world and we would have something to give. We would have something to give the world in need that we would give not just of ourselves, but that we would give of God's blessings, of His good gifts, of that good word to a world that is dying. We are the church, the body of Christ, and we are given to so that we can give, so that we can care for one another as the body of Christ, but also so that we would go and be sent to the world, that we would be a beacon in this world, a beacon of hope, a beacon of light, that we would be there for the people who need God, who need His Word, who need His love, His compassion, and His caring. Now, the church, as such, is not a charity organization. But when we are filled with God's good gifts, there is no way that we cannot be full of charity, full of God's love for others. Now, one time or another, we might focus on these two lives of the church, that we as the church, the body of Christ, come and we receive God's blessings, but we as the body of Christ also go and are sent into the world. Both of those are true. It's not just one or the other. It's not either or. It's not just come and receive. It's not just go and be sent. It's both of those things. And so we, as the church, must be about both of those. And today we are focusing on the going, the being sent, the caring for one another's, but it all happens because we come here first and we receive. So as you go, as you are sent, what does it look like to be a caring disciple? Our opening words taken from Scripture, from all sorts of different places throughout God's Word, pointed to any number of different ways we as Jesus' disciples might show our caring and concern to the world. The truth is, it's almost an infinite possibility how you can show caring. If somebody around you needs encouragement, what's the caring thing to do? encourage them. If somebody around you is lonely, be their friend. If somebody around you has a heart that is heavy and they're going through a tough time, be there for them. Be a shoulder for them to cry on. Most of the ways that we can care for others are ways that really are quite easy, 
that, that don't require a huge investment on our part. They, they really don't cost us a thing. Now, granted, there are some ways that we are going to care for people that, that might be a little bit more demanding, that might require a bit more from us. But every time, every time that you show caring and compassion to someone, to that person, your caring is received as a gift of priceless worth. Now in our church here at St. Paul's, there are any number of different ways, formal and organized ways, that we show show compassion and caring, both inside these walls, but also to the community outside. The human care board is probably one of the natural places you think of when you think about caring for others, and it's true that, that they do a lot of caring for others. They help get together food baskets for people uh, to help fill their refrigerators and their pantries locally. They do a prison ministry. They make lap robes for some of our veterans, for those in nursing homes. They uh, sponsor Single Mom Saturday. But outside human care, we continue the caring ways. We have a group of guys that get together and and work on small home projects for people called Joseph's Ministry. Uh, LWML, you heard Sharon talk about it earlier, and they do any number of different things. So lately we're talking about collecting money for Concordia Seminary's food pantry. But they, they also collect mites, and those mites go towards any number of different ministries far beyond these walls. LWML also sponsors Operation Christmas Child, which not only brings special gifts to people that you'll probably never meet in your life, but also bring an opportunity to speak God's word, that gospel message to them. We also have a couple of ministries in our church that you've probably heard a little bit about before. Project Compassion is a ministry we have, an incarnational ministry of visiting people who aren't able to get to church very often. We also have a ministry, a phone calling ministry that began exactly one year ago called Gabriel's Callers. This is a ministry where once a month people get together uh, here at church and they make phone calls to members of our congregation. They don't ask a single thing from them. Instead, they call to show caring, compassion, love. They call to say, hey, how, how are you doing? How's everything going? Is there something that we can help you with? Is there something that you would like us to pray for? And in one year's time, Gabriel's Callers has made over 1,000 phone calls to members of our congregation. Maybe you have been one of the people they have been calling. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm going to make 1,000 phone calls in my entire life. And they've done that all in one year. Why? Because St. Paul's is a big church. It's easy to get lost. It's easy to feel like you're disconnected, like you don't belong, like you don't have friends here. And what we want to do is we want you to know that this is a place where you are loved, 
where we want to help you, where we are the body of Christ called here not to be strangers, but to be brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are other ministries, there are other ways in St. Paul's that we show that love and concern, but I, I can't even mention all of them. But I want you to know that if you are looking for a way to show more caring, to show more concern, we have some of those formal organized ministries. We love to be able to connect you with them. But what is more? I want you to know you don't need to be a part of any ministry. In fact, you don't even need my permission to show caring, to show love, to show concern to anyone else, whether that's somebody inside St. Paul's or the world outside. Just go. Just do. See, everything that we do should be showing our heart of caring and compassion. Because this is the same heart. That heart of caring and compassion that is the same heart of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the Sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.